Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is where you're listening from. We are so excited and thankful that you're joining us here on the Hope Rising Ministry podcast, where we love to talk about Jesus, apologetics, and life. We're excited about what God has in store today and the scripture that we're going to get to walk through and just this opportunity to be able to unpack and see what God has for us. My name is Alex and with me is Trey. Good morning, Trey. Hello, hello, peoples. What's going on, Alex? Oh, man, trying to uh, to keep from losing my voice. With uh, with this weekend, we had a youth conference that we got to go to, and <clears throat> just honestly, from a whole lot of singing and worshiping, my voice is barely hanging on. So hopefully, it'll last at least through this episode. That's a, but how's uh, how's your week been? Been fine. That's a that's kind of funny, um, th- th- that we say lose our voice. You know, like mm. hey, where'd it go? <laughs> yeah, like my yeah. wife would be like, "Is that is that a thing?" <laughs> he would lose his sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, my week's been been good. Work's kind of nuts right now, but um, there's a worldwide helium shortage because of what's all what's going on mm. and even even before the invasion of ukraine a major helium factory in russia had an explosion when they were ramping back up from a from a uh, a self pm you know mm. they, they just you know shut it down for normal a scheduled pm right trying to ramp it back up something blew up and And that particular plant um, supplies about 35% of the world's helium. Wow. So the process that I'm, that I'm over or I work at is we use helium to TIG weld and um, trying to figure out how we can use argon or use an argon helium mix. It's, it's just really frustrating, um, you know, because if, if we can't get but half the helium we're used to getting, then we ain't going to be selling but half the stuff we used to selling. Right. So that's a big deal, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, um, it's, it's kind of interesting how people handle that at work mm-hmm. and and, you know, how this guy says, man, why are you so, how, how can you be so calm about this? I was like, well, first of all, there's nothing we can do. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> exactly. what am I going to do? I can't, I don't have a helium factory in my garage. So, yeah, you know, um, I said, plus, you know, God's got this. And he kind of looked at me so weird, you know, but, you know, just that, that it's a, it's a good point to make that if, if, if your life gets, turned around or turned sideways or upside down stop what can you do about it um how can you introduce by your actions and your words god how can you do that right and people remember stuff like that for a long time you know they um you know it's funny you talk about that like someone asked him uh, how you can be, you know, so calm about it and uh, not, you know, maybe not be as stressed or as, uh, as kind of freaked out as, as them or as someone else when it comes to the uncertainty around stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. uh, You mentioned that because I was, you know, not saying that it's it, it. You could not be stressed about it and not be a Christian, right? Like there could be nine Christians who are just like, "Oh well, it is what it is." Who could, you know, nothing we can do about it. But right, the, the it's funny you mention it because this weekend there was a song that uh, that we were singing at that youth conference, and it talked about having. Um, let me see if I can find the actual of it but it talked about having a peace that 
makes no sense, right? To the world, it's a piece that doesn't, they don't understand it, right? And many times, like as Christians, we don't understand it. We're just like, I don't know. I just trust in Jesus through, you know, through this season or through this moment. Um, we can't quite comprehend it, you know, like in our own uh, capacity, but we know that, hey, God's got this. It's going to be all right. Um, and so for a lot of for a lot of things, especially in the, the, the world as it is today, which it seems like everywhere you turn and everywhere you look, there's there's a level of chaos. There's a level of uncertainty. There's a level of like shaken and brokenness. But yet as, as Christians, we can still have peace in that. Um, because we know <clears throat> like our foundation is secure being built on Christ and we can have peace in, in the uncertainty. Like we don't know, you know, what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what this afternoon's going to bring, but yet we can trust in him. And when I heard that, that was the first time I'd ever heard that song this weekend. And uh, like that part of it, those lyrics, um, it's I still I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. Like it just it stood out to me. And when you mentioned that, it just kind of connected that back. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that that uh, you mentioned the how. You know how somebody can actually have is is having a foundation mm -hmm. that's that that is Christ. That's the yeah. foundation. But yeah. what's what's interesting is um, he's also the what. You know, mm -hmm. like what is what is this piece? How can I explain it? Well, Paul explained it pretty simply. He himself is our peace. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the kicker right there. Um, and, and, and even, even in today's, if we get, if we get to verse nine today, it's verse nine says, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and temptations. Mm. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not talking in a secular way, but hang in there, you know? Yeah. God's yeah. got this, you know, God's got this. He's, he's sovereign. He knows what's going on. He's not sitting back going, well, that was stupid. You know, right. you know, he, he knows exactly what's going on. He is the, he is the conductor, you know? Right. And sometimes he, he, causes everything to be quiet and the piccolos and the flutes are the only thing playing. And then sometimes <clears throat> it's, you know, the drum section is the only thing playing, but a lot of times everything's playing. Yeah. And, um, sometimes it sounds like that. Sometimes the world feels like an orchestra sounds when they're warming up, you know, <laughs> it's like, wow, I'm glad that's just warming up. Cause that's, that stinks, whatever that is. You know? Right. Yeah. Yep. But and, and you know, what's really going on when when it looks like everything is falling apart, you know, it, it what's really going on is that peace is there, which mm -hmm. which that's when the orchestra sounds the best and they're in tune mm -hmm. and they're yeah. all together. And that's what God does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's something, too, that. I heard you know, preach this weekend is to us, everything may look chaotic and just crazy. And like you mentioned, things are falling apart, but yet to God and to those on the other side of eternity in heaven with him, everything is going just according to plan God's sovereignty and his provision over everything. Um, it's exactly as it should be. And we can trust and know and believe that, you know what? Jesus is coming back 
And this that we face today is only temporary and is only momentary while we are, you know, here on this earth, on this side of eternity. And so it's, it doesn't necessarily make it easier, right. To be able to walk through these things um, and hard times that so many are facing uh, across the globe today, but it gives us enough strength, right. Or, enough peace and enough hope to look to the next moment, right? To not give up now, but to carry on for another minute, another two minutes, another three minutes. And that is just like a constant that we get to have when we have Jesus is that we can always carry on to the next moment because not only is he with us now in this current struggle that we're in, but he's going to be with us tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, So, you know, that being, maybe that's something that someone needed to hear this listening today. Yeah. You know, um, the, a great question and often asked is, look, if if God is real, why is all this stuff going on? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, God didn't send his son so that everything will be hunky-dory. Right. Okay. God sent his son to save people so that within them, everything is hunky-dory. Yes. It's inside. Okay. Um, God doesn't create the havoc. Sin creates the havoc. Yeah. And one day that's going to be wiped away. Mm -hmm. One day. Even Mm -hmm. death will be defeated. Yes. And um, which is a good thing. So, it kind of leads us into Second uh, <clears throat> Peter chapter two. Um, if if you missed the last last podcast, because you know thing about scripture, so mm-hmm. go back and listen to uh, that one. And we we ended up finishing chapter one in that podcast, so we're going to start in two. And um, uh, I'm I'm probably going to do a little bit more reading this week than I usually do because Alex's voice. So bear with me. And plus, the pollen beast is alive and well where I live. <laughs> I don't know if anybody like further north of me hadn't seen that yet, but it's coming. I guarantee you. So if you hear me Dude. sniffing, I'm sorry. It's just uh, this is a bad time of year for my nose. So let's start out. If uh, Grab your Bibles, whether you have a handheld or you have a, a phone in your hand and go to Second Peter chapter two. Here we go. But so now we're like, okay, what do you mean? But I mean, so it's it's go back a few verses. He's talking about prophecy. He's talking about the prophetic word. What Mm -hmm. is the prophetic word? Well, we're reading it. Okay, so he he calls the prophetic word like as to a lamp shining in a dark place. That's that's huge, right? And, and, and he also says or writes that knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. It's not produced by the will of man, but by the Holy Spirit. OK, so he says, but. Or also false prophets were also arose among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Okay, so interestingly, and we talked about this last week, but we'll highlight it again. Interestingly, the the warning from Jesus and Paul and Jude, and Peter, and John, um, and, and <clears throat> most of most of the and, and the writer of Hebrews talks about false teaching, mm-hmm. right? It, it we we as you can recall from last week, we're going to say it one more time. When the disciples, when they left the temple area, some of them turned around and says, "Hey, Master, look at these buildings, man! This is awesome, isn't it?" 
He says, let me tell you something. Before this age is gone, none of these stones will be uh, on top of each other. And they're like, what? So when they get to the Mount of Olives and they're sitting down and, and they have an opportunity to kind of be with them amongst themselves for a minute, they, it, they come up to him privately and say, hey, when's all that's going to happen? So the first thing he says, be aware that no one leads you astray. Mm. What? What kind yeah. of what kind of answer? I mean, how do you? Why would he lead off with that? Lead that answer off with that statement because it's that important, right? So now Peter's going to address it. So false prophets were among the people. Okay, he's talking about the the Israel the Israel of old, ancient Israel, and it's false prophets, right? So mm-hmm. what's the difference between a true prophet and a false prophet. We're talking about the old Testament. Like how did you, how do you know that it was a false prophet? Like there's two ways to know it's a false prophet. One that that prophet would, now this is a person that is claiming to speak for God. That's a prophet. Okay. Mm -hmm. You could be self-proclaimed or you could be God proclaimed, whatever. So how do you know which is which? Well, if you go against something, if you say something against something that God has already said and already stamped with his approval, that's false teaching. That's a false prophet. Or if you if you predict something or say come to pass and it does not, or something comes to pass the exact opposite of what you said, you're a false prophet. Now, mm-hmm. how many times does a person like that get a pass? <clears throat> what do you think, Alex? Zero. Zero, Zero. time. Ding, ding. Yeah. You're correct. Zero time do you get a pass. A true prophet never is wrong. Never. Not one time. God said, if if a thing does not come to pass that uh, a prophet speaking in my name, he says, Says it's going to come to pass. If it doesn't, he's a false prophet. Stay away from mm-hmm. him. Kick him out. Matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. they stoned them. That's how important it is. So Peter's like, look, just just as w- there were false prophets in the history of Israel, so will there be false teachers among you. Mm. Okay? So uh, a, a, a false teacher today is similar to the false prophet of old. Okay. Um, They're like a, a a false prophet was an imposter. Mm. All right. So the, the end result, the root of that person was self self gain. It wasn't, it wasn't to help everybody, even though like, uh, what did Shrek say about onions? They're layers. So even mm. though if you it, it, it looks good and you peel back another layer and it still looks good, you'd have to go all the way to the middle to find out that all this is about self and it's about self-gain. Mm. Okay? <clears throat> even though they may be trying to help, quote-unquote, someone or teach someone or, or whatever, uh, yeah. a false teacher, it's all about self. All right? Um, if, if you, even if you don't say God has told me to say this today, or even if you don't say that I am a a minister of the Lord, if you're in front of a congregation or a group of people and you are teaching them scripture and what scripture God's trying to say or whatever, you are speaking for him. You're saying you're speaking for him. All right. Um, that's a given. Yeah. So what do false teachers do? They secretly bring in destructive heresies. Wow. So 
that's deep. Like that's that is- that's heavy. And, and that's not a that's not a life statement that Peter is making um here in this, you know, in this moment. That's not a light statement. That's not something just to uh overlook, but that is a big deal because you know, for those listening who might be thinking, okay, so like what what exactly is is heresy? And basically it's it goes against God's word. Um it is something that will cause discord and contention within body of believers. Um it is not a truth, right? It is actually the opposite of truth it's the opposite of what scripture teaches it's the opposite of what jesus teaches um it is often presented as a counter to what scripture may say and what jesus right teaches um so it's not something to take lightly it's not just a It's not just a, a misquote or a misunderstanding, but rather it it is a teaching that will <clears throat> intentionally try to pull and and mislead believers, right? Those who are listening, the audience of this particular false teacher. Um so the fact that Peter calls that out here and, and even says in there, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Yep. There's a lot. They're not just like boldly coming out and always trying to drastically counter what God's word says, but also the fact that Peter identifies heresies by saying destructive heresies because that's exactly what they do. They destroy and they cause destruction amongst the the church and the body of believers. It might take a while, you know, Mm. Uh, that's why it's secret. That's why it's subtle. Um, Some of it's blatant, like right off the bat, everybody's like, what did he just say? Um, But most, most of the time it's very subtle. And, you know, it's like a heresy is a personal choice. That's what a heresy is. It's it's a personal, it's, a, it's an opinion that has been selected personally by someone. And that opinion is being interjected into what scripture means. Does that make sense? Yep, okay. yep. absolutely. So absolutely. it's, it, it. It really stresses choice, right? Um, so, and and it's, and it's destructive. Um, mm-hmm. The the destruction, uh, which if you look down to, and we'll get there. Actually, we hadn't. Even, it's the same verse. It, it it. Let me go ahead and finish it then who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought, who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. So the, the, the destructive heresies will be their undoing mm-hmm. in the end. <clears throat> the same destruction that the, that the false teaching causes is their undoing. Yeah. Yep. it's a it's that word destruct is is like a it's something that's perishing it's something that's ruined it's something that's rotted yeah it's spoiled um eternally right it it causes things to be cut off like it its main goal, the false teaching, the te- the false teaching's main goal is to get the believer to begin to question 
the mindset of God. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. That and what did what did the serpent do to Eve? Did God Did really say? Exactly. That's how it starts. That's all. It's something so simple. So simple as just a, a question. Hey, let me let me ask you this. And that is why it is so important as believers. And I wish I did this more. And I wish as as, you know, many churches, we did this more. But we should have better understanding of God's word, meaning we should know God's word so that when others question it, we don't begin to question it ourselves. Yep. But rather we, we trust and we believe in God's word and the answers that come from it and we can rest in it. And we can have confidence in it so that we are not misled because that's exactly how a lot of false teachers and that's exactly how the progressive Christian movement today happens is they question just little bitty things. And they they drop these little, uh, you know, th- these little twists in that ever so slightly over time begin to separate a Christian from the truth of God's word. And they begin to believe exactly what you said, self-opinions of others over God's word and the truth that Jesus preached in scripture. And that is where it becomes so dangerous because that destruction is the separation of a believer That's from right. the truth that that word destruction doesn't mean like annihilation mm-hmm. complete mm-hmm. complete utter undone it means <clears throat> cut off yeah it, you know what i'm saying it means to be cut off um mm-hmm. like false teaching is a loss yes. of of that peace that we've been talking about yep. okay yep. false teaching produces the loss of hope it 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 makes people question and not in a good way it makes mm-hmm. people question mm-hmm. in their head is that what that really means is that what got what what I, i'm confused right now yeah right yep. so exactly confusion that's a that's a great you know uh word for it as well is false teachers create and cause confusion in the church and very subtly. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, there's, there's right. A wide range because you can have a false teacher who questions the deity of Christ, right? Like that's a obvious and blatant, like most believers are not going to um, be unsure if that individual is a false teacher. Yeah. But then you have those, who will question things like, well, do you really think that Jesus was against same-sex marriage? Like, do you really think, like, if you look at God's word, are, are you sure? Like, those are the types of things where they will cause questioning that people may not immediately be able to jump on and immediately be able to give an answer for. Um, and that's, that's how they secretly and deceitfully put in false, false teachings and questions in the minds of believers. Yep. So another way that false teachers... Um, and, and, and let me tell you something. I don't think that false teachers today, that the majority of them would be comfortable with the fact that they're false teaching, <laughs> that they're that they're actually teaching falsely. Oh, they they were. I, they mean, were I you know, they are. If, they if, you, are. if you've learned, right. if you've <laughs> learned incorrectly, <clears throat> and our seminaries are a wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a wreck. 
Um, I'll never forget listening to a test of a guy from China who's a believer. Mm-hmm. And he's a minister in China. Somebody asked him, there, are there seminaries? And he goes, what do you mean, like, 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 like there are in America? He goes, no. I mean, you kidding? You know, can you imagine China allowing a seminary to exist? Right. Um, they said, well, where do you learn your teaching? He says, in jail, in prison. That's our seminary. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He said, uh, what do you think? We, <laughs> we teach each other. And, right. and where we do this is in jail. Mm-hmm. When we're thrown in prison for teaching God's word. Yeah. I was like, wow. So, anyway, so that's how that's how that's that's why I'm was pretty angry when I said our seminaries are a wreck. Yeah. We have the opportunity to actually do this without going to jail right now. We do. And we're yeah. messing it up. To we have the opportunity to teach to open God's word and teach freely, but teach rightly. Like that's the key. We have the opportunity to do it, but we don't always take advantage of it. And we allow false teachings to distort these opportunities that we have through seminaries. And we also, uh, another thing, because, and I think they're related in some way, because false teaching in a lot of ways is about and you even mentioned this a, a minute ago is about self, right? It's about selfishness because a lot of the false teaching that happens comes from a selfish place of the one who is teaching it, right? It's something that they want. It's something that they think is right where they believe that God's word is wrong. So it's, it's this selfish teaching that gets interjected and I think a lot of it, too, with seminaries, and it's, it's crazy to me how much emphasis our churches put. Well, it's not crazy because we know where, where we come from, but it's, it's crazy to believe that so many churches put so much emphasis on a seminary degree. Don't get me wrong. If you're a pastor, you're a preacher, and you have a seminary degree, that's not a bad thing. But that should not exclude someone who has learned through reading God's word, through studying under pastors to to rightfully know and study and learn and understand God's word. Yeah. Go <laughs> Let me tell you, if uh, if God wants uh, some if God wants a, a man to preach mm-hmm. and to teach God's his word uh, and and. He he's he's not going to require him to go to seminary. He's going exactly. to he's going to open doors, and that yes. that that individual is going to teach God's word. I'm sorry. You yes, know, God's not 100%. God's not bound by uh, <clears throat> Southern Baptist Seminary. All right. Oh my gosh. Or, yeah. or, or or any any of them. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, you know, I grew up Southern Baptist, and um, I went through a church split when I was about 14, and it was. It was damning. It was awful. I, it was almost like a death mm-hmm. of, a, of, a, of, a, of a sibling or something. I, it was just awful. Yeah. And the one, I mean, everybody, a lot of people were at fault. Don't get me wrong. But the leader of that church, the pastor of that church was in charge. And he calls this. And he liked it. Mm. All right. Um, let me give you another. Um, so anyway, if you're if you're in charge, if you're a pastor, uh, I'm gonna have to say this correctly, I guess. And you're 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 one of these people we're talking about. False humility will be exposed. Mm. If 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 you are scared 
that somebody's going to come up and ask you a question about what you've talked about. And you better get right. Mm -hmm. If you don't allow your congregation to ask questions, then you better get on your knees and repent. Get yourself Mm -hmm. right. And start teaching right. Or get out of there. It's that simple. Because it causes Mm -hmm. destruction. I've, I've seen it. It's terrible. So, also, if, if you, there are a lot of leaders and a lot of teachers, and if, if, if you hear this, if you, if you suspect this, then ask questions. But here's the thing. Um, if you hear that there's got to be another level than Scripture, or there's got to be something else that we hold of and that can there's a myriad of ways that that can be expressed right right um we've said it a thousand times alex i don't want i don't want your opinion i want second peter or i want you know genesis or or revelation mm-hmm. wherever you want to teach out of teach teach the word let god do mm-hmm. his thing yeah. He's he knows exactly that's where faith comes from by hearing the word, not your opinion. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna get off my soapbox, Alex, and let you have it. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like, we don't have to make God's word stand up. Like, it doesn't need us to hold it up and support it. It does that only, and that's the beauty of God's word is it preaches itself for how many hundreds of years, how many thousands of years that God's word has been written out and recorded to the point that it, it preaches itself and it backs itself up. You know, a lot of people question it and say, Hey, there's, you know, the the Bible contradicts itself, this and that. And it really doesn't. You just have to understand it. That means you have to read it. That means you have to, you have to allow God to open your eyes as you are reading, to be able to see the truth of Scripture, to open your mind so that you can actually understand and grasp it. But that's the the awesome thing about God's Word is it doesn't take us to fill in gaps or to make it sound good because it's already beautiful anyway, because it tells of our fallen brokenness and a a God who loved us enough that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the life we couldn't, to die the death that we deserve for the life that we live. Yep. And then the even greater thing than that is not only did he die for us, but he rose for us three days later so that we may have life through him. How can you make that sound any better? How can you make that any better? It is a love story. Because that is who God is. God is love. Yep. So, <clears throat> that was the first verse. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Verse two, and many will follow their sensuality or another word for that is depravity, depraved uh, way Mm. of thinking. And and because of them, the way of truth will be misaligned or will be blasphemed. Okay, now. Why does Peter mention sensuality or depravity? Um, It's. It's a that that's a conduct that's lewd. Mm, yeah, um, that's a, that's an outrageous conduct, right? So, and it's I'm not talking about the preacher standing on his head. I'm talking about uh, listen, Sunday school teachers. We're we're I, I need you to listen to, and youth leaders, um, choir directors. You know, whoever you are, whoever we are. Um, when when Paul was talking to Timothy, 
was writing to Timothy. He said, number one, Scripture is God-breathed. Um, God-breathed. And he wanted Timothy to correctly divide and handle God's Word. Right? Now, mm-hmm. if you're in a congregation, here's one of the, here's one of the, the, the dangerous scenarios you're in a congregation you're hearing some that you're kind of shaking your head inside and you're like whoa what in the world does that mean and then you try to get some answers and everybody's kind of like putting you off and don't worry about it and this and that and this and that and you're like look how can this many people how can this many people swallow this stuff why are there more? Why aren't there more people like me asking questions? Listen to me. Paul addresses that, and so does Peter right here. People will surround themselves with those who tickle their ears. Mm. Well, let me tell you what that means. The 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 self. The sinful self wants to be tickled, loves it. And if more people are involved, then there's a curtain. Yeah. And you don't you don't know who the voice is behind the curtain, right? Like the land of Oz. But that curtain can be pulled apart and we can expose what's going on. Mm. Paul says, don't put up with this, expose it. That takes prayer. It takes guts. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the pull, excuse me, the pull of false teaching is to the senses. And that's why it's so good to hear. Look, mm-hmm. man, the truth hurts. That's why it's so hard to hear. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If you walk away, you go, man, the pastor sure stepped on my toes today, man. Golly. Well, get him out mm-hmm. of the aisle. You know? Yeah. Um, good. When when the, when you close the Bible and you go, man, I don't know if I can read that right now. Um, <laughs> good. I mean, that means that God's talking to you. Yeah. Right. So one of the true signs of ear tickling is that everybody is completely enamored. Let me tell you something. Your pastor's not Jesus. Mm, I promise. Amen. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. He is yeah. a person. If he has been commissioned by God <clears throat> to teach his word, then that's yep. what he does. That's yep. what he does. And not for personal gain. Because let me tell you something. If the teaching is for your personal gain, to make your life better, this and that, and this and that, to make to, to, to make you prosper, then the end result is to make him prosper mm-hmm. or her. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, along those lines, like it's not, it's not a bad thing to, to like your pastor, right? That's not what we're saying. Like if you enjoy the teaching of your pastor and you really think they do a wonderful job, that doesn't mean that they're bad. Right. Like you, it's not wrong to appreciate your pastor, but you should respect your pastor, respect and pray for your pastor. Yep. Respect, pray. And I don't want to, I don't mean question as in like always question what they say, like never trust them, but always Listen with an open Bible, like we always talk about, right? Listen with an open Bible. Don't just take what they say for granted and just be like, okay, well, they said it It must be legit, must be true. Like, I'm going to believe it. But drop them an email and say, hey, you know, what could you further explain what you meant when you said this? Yeah. Perfect question. And a good pastor, a really good pastor, will respond like, yeah, yeah, I'd be glad to. Yep. Right. And that's the thing, too. 
there's such a there's such a fine line um, uh, for this, right? Because if you have a if you have a good pastor, okay. <clears throat> if you have a good pastor who is legitimately trying to seek the Lord and preach rightly and truthfully and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, right? And what they bring on Sundays or Wednesday nights or Sunday evenings or Sunday mornings, if you're a, you know, if you're a Sunday school teacher, whatever it is, whatever time it is, like there are individuals who can take what we're saying, right? Like where you listen with the open Bible and maybe if you have a question about something because you're unsure and you genuinely want to know and you want to ask because you want to better understand, or maybe you have a slight concern about what they taught, like that is good. That is okay. There should be that, that trust in that conversation because maybe the pastor did misspeak and he needs to go back or she needs to go back and they need to, whoever was doing that teaching needs to go back and kind of clarify what they were saying, right? That is good. But there are people in the church who will, and this is probably more on the religious side of things than it would be a genuine follower of Christ is they will come in and they will pick and they will they will poke at every little thing, not to get a better understanding, but almost in a way of, I want to, I want to find something wrong. Like I want to, I dare you to say something wrong or something that I don't believe, or I don't think is right. And, and the role is kind of reversed where rather than it's a false teacher, it's someone who is, they're just looking for something to jump on right there. And it's the respect you were talking about. There is no respect. It's more out of rudeness than it is out of respect for the pastor or God's word that they're, you know, questioning and trying to call out things. So there's like, there's such a fine line where you, there has to be humility and genuineness on both sides from the pastor and from those who are in the congregation. Um, you know, so the the biggest thing for me in what we're talking about is not <clears throat> go question everything your pastor says because he's probably a false teacher or she's probably telling you wrong. But it's simply that let God's word lead you, not a, a human being. A human being does not lead us, but God's word and his spirit is what leads us. And God can use humility of pastors to be able to teach us his word where we might not understand it. And uh, that's what he's gifted them with. So it's just, it's be careful. Don't, don't be that person in church that, I don't even, I don't well, even don't know. Be, don't I, swallow I, everything line and sinker. Okay. Just yes. because, just because somebody at church tells you something or in a study group or in Sunday school, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying it's always wrong or it's always right. I'm just saying that don't swallow everything you hear and say, well, so-and-so said it. So that's gotta be true. You know, find out for yourself. Yes. Um, yeah. find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. if, uh, <laughs> If, if what if what people tell you is is actual fact or scriptural or if it's not because um, yeah. and when there when there are concerns come with humility that is the that's I think that's the thing I want to get across is come with humility it's not about pride um come in humility let that's God's right. let God let God in his Holy spirit and in his grace move. So, so why are we so adamant about this? Right. Um, well, cause verse three says, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false mm -hmm. words. Yeah. Um, that's a con. Mm -hmm. That's 
that's somebody doing you dirty in business and raking you over the coals and, and you going broke. Yeah. That's what that's that's how hard that is. Um they are stealing your confidence and trust. That's what that means. Uh with false words. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. Now, then Peter kind of uses the sensuality thing and the blasphemy thing and the treason thing. Because if a pastor is going to stand up there and teach falsely, that's treason in the kingdom of God. She says, this is verse four, for if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment. If he didn't spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to making them an example of what's going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them that day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. So if all this is true, if all this happened, and starting with the angels, and then the ancient world where the flood happened, and then Sodom and Gomorrah. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and temptations and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. And especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion despise authority. And this is why this is so important. Um, I, I just had a thought. Um, I do not encourage church hopping. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I don't. I don't even like when pastors find a better job and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I don't see that in the New Testament. I don't ever see that in the New Testament. I don't see it. If somebody please can find that happening, I'm not talking about Paul. He planted churches. Right, but pastors didn't move around. <laughs> I mean, I get it. If you, if you are, are are a double, if you if you work and pastor, and that that happens a lot. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but that's another subject, I guess. I just want everybody to be careful. I want everybody to understand more and more God's word. And, and that's, that is the key, right? Is understanding God's word so that as we who are in the congregation and listening to the teachings, we can identify the false teachers and we know when they begin to, interject their self-opinion over God's word yep. and we identify it and we can address it. Right. That's, that's why it's important for us as Christians, as the, the audience or the attendees of a Sunday service. That's why it's important for us to know God's word. Yep. If not as much as the pastor, very close to what the pastor would equivalently be able to say they know God's word because if you don't read scripture outside of just Sunday mornings, how will you ever be able to know when someone is teaching you incorrectly? Yep. And look, that's why it's so important for us to understand it. And that's why it's on the same side or the other side of the coin. That's why it's so important for pastors to know God's word. Because those of us who do open God's word and try to teach it, we better be teaching it rightly 
and correctly and to God's word, not to our own opinions or thoughts. Yep. And I, I'd like to close with this. <clears throat> the church is in a dire situation today. Let me let me put it this way. Let me let me let me back up. The church isn't in any, any dire situation. The church is God's and he's got his. Mm-hmm. Okay. But churches around, especially this in America and around in, in, in Canada and around the globe mm. are, are in dire straits. And and I'm I'm gonna be a little bit redneck right here, the way mm. I sound. But let me tell you something. And I'm not scared to say this. God ain't woke. Yeah. God ain't woke. Okay. Um, if you if you really want to know what that what I'm talking about, then slip us an email. Um, if you have been struck by something today that by what we said, and it's caused you to go, wait a minute. Um, I got to ask them something. Well, ask us. Shoot us an email. Um, if if you have heard God's word today, and He has brought you to life. Uh, send us an email, contact us, and let's let us help you find uh, a, a group of believers that's near you that you can, you know, start uh, hanging out with and going to church with, and studying mm-hmm. God's word with. So, Alex, how can they do that? Yeah, if that's you and you want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at hoperisingministries or if you happen to be on Facebook, you can find us at Hope Rising Ministries. SC, but just drop us a message, leave us an email. Um, if you have any questions or anything that we can be praying uh, with you about, we would love to to hear of that as well and be able to partner in prayer. But this episode in particular might, you know, feel very heavy, um, but it is a an extremely important topic and subject because. God's word is God's word. It is true. It is right. It is not wrong. It does not have holes. There are no gaps. There are no mistakes. There is nothing that needs us to build it up or make it sound better. There's nothing that it needs us to correct. And there are so many churches and so many people who are being misled and misguided and misdirected away from scripture and away from truth and away from Jesus Christ by false teachers today, probably as much as any time in, you know, in history, but, but definitely. This is new. new. It's not new. I mean, the first, listen, why do you think Peter was writing this? He's in the first century church. Yeah. You know, this Satan, he's not, he's not like, he didn't just come up with this for five years. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's why, you know, we spent probably the first 35, 40 minutes on the first verse is because it's so important that we as Christians know what the Bible says know what God tells and teaches us through his word and that we can identify and recognize when a teacher is teaching falsely against God's word and God's truth. It's just, it is extremely important and and so critical that we know these things. Um, That's why I think we stress it so much not to be, you know, not to be angry, not to be grumpy, not to be, you know, like picky or um, to sound, I don't know, upset, but it's, it's so important and so critical that we know the truth of scripture. Yep. Well, it even gets deeper for next week out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We we have to get some rest. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing and this, and and I'll stop talking about it. Though it's a hard topic and a heavy topic to talk about false teachers, because it makes you almost in a sense sound like some, you know, cranky old person or something like that. Right. What 
I don't want to happen is for people to miss the truth of the gospel. And that is that there is a God who loves you, that there is a God who loves you so much that his son, Jesus Christ, came to live and die for you, and that there is hope and love and grace and mercy in the resurrected person of Christ, and that we can trust and believe in him. And why it bothers us so much is because false teaching leads people away from that truth. That is why it is such a heavy and such an important topic is because Jesus is enough. There is nothing else that we need. Jesus is enough. And I'll leave it at that. Amen. All right. Peace out, peoples. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Can't wait to catch you again next time. God bless.